All right, well, tonight we have a new covenant law that you need to follow, and that is this. If one wins, you both lose. We'll unpack that tonight. You're back to self, aren't you? Yeah. Again, this oneness thing escapes us. <laughs> We're so used to our individuality. We're so used to me and mine and hers and this or this or that. We are not thinking in covenant. And so we've really got to rearrange our thinking to understand that. Look, at if I win the argument, guess what? And she loses, guess what? I lose too because she ain't going to be happy and our oneness is not good. If she wins and I don't, you know what I mean? We're not in competition with each other. But many people live in a marriage in competition as to who's going to get their way. And that in itself is a violation of covenant love. And so let's find out how can we get along and resolve our conflicts. All right, here's one of the big issues. Expectations. Expectations. What is an expectation? Anybody got an idea? Oh, yeah, you just said it. A hope, something you're looking forward to. I expect something to, to take place, right? That's an expectation. That is a, a hope that I have. And of course, when you went into your marriage, you each had the exact same expectations, didn't you? No. Listen, every one of us has different expectations, don't we? Now, expectations can be good, let me ask you this. Uh, there should be great expectations for a marriage or a covenant, okay? And the great expectations in covenant, there are three of them. And we all have these expectations when you entered in. Nobody enters into a marriage expecting to get divorced, right? That's a tragedy to, to your hopes and your dreams and your expectations. So there are three great expectations we have. The first one is, Trust. Do you, would, would that be a, an expectation when you went into marriage? You had the expectation that I could trust this person, right? So this is a three-legged stool. What happens, what happens when trust is broken? What are some of your emotions when trust has been broken? It hurts? Violated? What? Mistrust? Betrayed? Angry? Yeah, because you've been offended. You, you put, remember, covenant isn't a contract. Remember we talked about this? You make a contract because you don't trust someone. You make a contract so that you can give the least amount you have to and stay in an agreement. But a covenant is giving your entire self, being, all your property, all of who you are completely to another person. So when trust is broken, that cut goes deep, doesn't it? Here's the second one. We have an expectation for what? Fidelity. What does that mean? Yeah, you don't cheat. All right? So, so you would expect, how many would you expect that your husband or your wife uh, won't cheat on you sexually? Is that a good expectation? I think it is. I mean, there are people who go into uh, swingers or whatever weirdness that is, right? They've got different sets of expectations. <laughs> And that's not sustainable for a marriage, is it? All right, so fidelity. But it's not just sexual fidelity. What about emotional fidelity? Right? When people, uh, uh, there are some people who, who aren't going to be cheating sexually, but they're giving their heart to somebody else or their emotions because they're not getting it at home. 
that's still fidelity. They're not, it's also breaking trust. These are each intertwined, aren't they? Here's a third one. Should I expect that you're not going to lie to me? Because what happens if you lie to me? What gets broken? Trust. Right? And being faithful. Fidelity means faithful. If you're not honest with me, you're not being faithful to the vows. All right, so expectations are good. How many of you have been married and have these three expectations when you went into it? And we should hold them the whole length of our marriage, wouldn't you agree? And so we've got to work on these three things. Now, I've worked with couples where fidelity's been broken. If someone cheats on their wife or cheats on their husband, does that automatically mean the marriage is over? It doesn't have to. It can be restored, but what needs to be fixed? Trust. And trust has to be re-earned. And trust has to be worked on again till faithfulness can be proven. And so I'm going to ask you to have to be honest with me. So if you're late one night, I, I, I need to know where you've been. Does that make sense? All right, so again, we've got to maintain these three expectations. So expectations are essential in a marriage. But there are times when expectations can be pretty difficult because we talked about this. We each bring our own baggage into a marriage, don't we? We each have different histories when we're coming into a marriage. We have different backgrounds. Some of you were brought up in divorced homes. Some of you were brought up in addicted homes. Some of you were brought up in uh, beautiful, wonderful, uh, healthy homes, right? And that's a rarity, but that's a beautiful thing. And, uh, uh, and so we come into this marriage with different backgrounds. So where do we get our expectations of love and marriage? Where do, how, where do we grow up? Where do we get that idea from? Bible? Parents, grandparents, examples, TV. Yeah, come on, we're a TV generation. Don't sit here and think you're, oh, I would never get that, you bunch of liars. Okay, <laughs> we all grew up on TV and movies, right? All right, so do we have, let me ask you this, do women have uh, different expectations than men? So a woman gets married and she expects her husband to what? Give me some feedback here, ladies. What? I want my husband to be the provider. I want my husband to... Okay. I want my husband to be a godly person, lead the family and lead and so forth. Okay, yeah. I want my husband to respect me. That's an expectation. How about... A, yeah, in the back. Protect me. Yeah. That's disappointing when you're at, you know, uh, uh, in a situation, and, and it can be as simple as, as someone makes a joke about you and your husband doesn't protect you from that joke, and you're like, where, you, where were you? Well, I thought it was funny. <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> Forgiving? Okay. You want your husband to join you, come alongside of you in your pursuits and goals. All right, anybody else? Ladies? Listen to you. How many of you know that sometimes expectations, and I'm not laying this on women, I'm laying it on both men and women, but how many of you know that sometimes expectations can be idolatry? Yes. What I mean by that is you have such a high level of expectation because you want the dream date. How many of you remember, what was that board game? 
Mystery date. How many of you, does anybody remember mystery date? But what I mean by that is, and I, and I do a lot of marriage counseling, and many times women are looking for a godly man. Basically, they want to marry Jesus. And they're quite disappointed, often. But they set, and men do the same exact thing. They're looking for the Proverbs 31 woman. Right? The virtuous woman. They're looking like, my wife better sell garments. She better pick the, pick the cotton, and she better make dinner in the, uh, and clothe the kids and, and look sexy while she's doing all of it. Uh, maybe that's not in Proverbs, but anyway. So we can get an idolatry and we can have an expectation that is not, in fact, within the person we married. And we're always looking for someone beyond the person we're in covenant with. And that's not fair to them. And so we have to grow into and share our expectations. Let's get to the guys. Guys, you, what do you expect from your wives? Support? Meat and potatoes. Guy wants a meal. He wants food. What's that? Clean socks. Clean socks. Take care of my laundry. Yeah. Encouragement. Guys, come on. Speak up. What else do you Respect. Good helper. That's what it's support. Yeah, good helper to the husband. Anybody else? What? Loving. Yes. Absolutely. Come on. Where are you guys? All right. Would you agree that there are certain expectations we have of each other? And some of those are built-in historical Western culture ideas, right? So the man, uh, it's funny with my wife and I because like her dad was a mechanic. So she grew up expecting that the husband takes care of all the cars. I don't know a thing about cars. I'll lift up the hood and go, yeah, 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 all right. I don't know a thing. I've ruined more cars than, than getting them fixed because you're supposed to put oil in them. Who'd have thought? I just ran them till they went click, 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 right? So she had that concept, right? And I had a concept. My, my mom made dinner for my dad uh, every night, six o'clock dinner. That's the way it was, you know. New dad was home because mom was at the stove cooking dinner. And so that was, that was good. So I had this expectation from my wife. And, and, and so I just figured that this, this is what happened around the world universally, that dinner was at six, you know. I just figured every woman knew that. And I'd get disappointed when it's like she wouldn't make it. And it was like, what's the deal here? And I'd get a little, uh, you know, a little attitude and this and that, and so finally I got brave enough to say something about it. I had an expectation. She said, I'll make dinner at 6. She said, are you going to be home every night at 6? Uh, uh, well, I can't, actually, because of this night i got to do that. And she said, I'll, I'll try and get dinner at 6, but on Tuesdays Claire's got piano. On Wednesdays we've got church. On Thursday Emily's got to be taken to soccer. And it's like, oh, yeah. All right, just make it when you can. <laughs> but I had this ingrained. Does anybody have that same kind? You had this ingrained thing in you, right? Men always take the garbage out, and women clean the bathrooms and do the laundry. 
You want that. Right? All right, but is that, is that biblical? No. no, I mean, there's nothing in the Bible that tells our particular roles of what you're supposed to do and not do. But these expectations, and here's the problem. I call it the silent killer. Expectations are a silent killer because typically we don't verbalize our expectations. We think the other person knows. They should just know. And when your expectations are not met, what do you get? Frustrated and disappointed. And the other person has no idea why. Right? And, and so we're, we're really having trouble with these expectations. Now, let me list some of the, let me list some expectations from marriage, okay? The house should always be clean. Does anybody ever, does some people have that expectation? Yeah. Um, all right, but sometimes, you know, it can't always work. What if someone is, what if you married someone who's not a neat freak? Yeah, okay. But you have an expectation, and if you had an expectation the house should be clean, and the other person doesn't have that same expectation, is there some frustration? Yeah, so you got to work out some kind of a deal here. How about this? Uh, we should make love whenever I want to. Uh, I, need, I need my time with me and my friends. Some say yes, some say no, but it needs to be expressed and measured out. I told you the story of a guy that I, that I knew that uh, he was a real sports fanatic. He played on three softball leagues in the summer and three different church leagues, and he loved softball. He was out every Monday, every Thursday, and every Friday night, and he got married, happy newlywed that he was, but summer came around, and he was gone Monday, Thursday, and Friday, and she said, what? <laughs> and he had the expectation, this is what I love to do. I'm going with the boys. We're playing softball. And they had a discussion about it. And they, they had to work that one out. Here's one. You should be available to talk to me whenever I need to. Now that would be a female. Typical trait, right? Where at about 11.30 or midnight, you want to talk. And the guy is like, what? Do I have to? These are expectations. Yep, all right. I expect you to greet me when I walk in the door. Get a dog. <laughs> so, obviously, expectations can create a lot of conflict because, again, they're not being expressed, they're not being spoken. And many times we're too afraid to speak them because we might get mad, but if you, you then get mad because you, they're not fulfilling your expectations. So clearly... Communication is the key. So how to avoid this kind of disappointment? Clearly and lovingly express your expectations and then adjust them to your spouse's ability. Just because you say this is what I expect doesn't mean it's going to happen. Because they may not be able to do that for you. As I found out with dinner at 6 o'clock every night. It just wasn't practical. It didn't make sense, but I didn't think it through because I had an ingrained expectation. And so we have to work with reality. Remember, your expectations can become idolatry. 
You're wanting something more than the person you have. And so there's no, nothing wrong with both of us encouraging to become better, but we have to work on this together. Most failures of expectations, now this is key, are out of ignorance and not malicious intent. I have found this in my own marriage. I have found this in marriage counseling over and over and over again where people are getting angry at each other when they're upset with each other because of a failed expectation or disappointment the other person didn't know. That's what they thought. That's what they wanted. It was never communicated. Okay? And so we've got to remember, some of us actually think that our, and maybe some of you are, have been in marriages like that, I don't know. But some of you actually think the other person is trying deliberately to get you mad. And, and that, that's really working against your unity, isn't it? All right, so most of the time, if you'll realize that there was an expectation, and talk about it. We've got to talk about these things. You're upset. Why are you upset? Oh, I don't know. Were you expecting something that I didn't do? And then if they get a chance to talk about it, it's like, oh, okay, well, let me explain. I can't do that because of this, this, and this. Oh, I never realized that. Okay, so we've got to communicate this stuff. Listen to what James says. Confess your faults or confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. All right? So we've got to talk to each other about our faults and our failures. Uh, Ephesians 4.32 Be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Now that's advice to us and other people. How much more should that advice be taken in a marriage? Right? Could you imagine a marriage where people were kind to each other? How beautiful. <laughs> Be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. And so that's what's needed in a marriage. And then here's what you do. When you have failed expectations, when you've talked about them, when you realize them, now set new expectations that are attainable. Okay? So we do this like, like when my wife and I, uh, we don't have... We've talked through a lot of issues, so we have a lot of understanding now. It's been 38 years, so we've got a lot under our belt. But early on, I remember like when we were going to paint a room, we would sit down and negotiate. <laughs> okay, we're not going to yell. We're not going to get mad at each other. Uh, and, you know, because we had to work, negotiate the expectations of how well we would work together at simply painting a room. Right? And then we'd negotiate and we'd recognize that there could be trouble here working together. And you work on those expectations. How about this one? We're going to go on vacation. Let's talk about how often are we going to stop. Let's talk about when we're going to eat. Let's talk about when we get tired and switch drivers. Let's talk about that. Right? Isn't that, that stuff stressful? And so talk about all this stuff. It's very, very important. Now, so we uh, can easily get disappointed, for sure. And then we get mad at each other, so we have to be tender-hearted, kind, and forgiving. Talk through our shared expectations. 
This is what I need from you. This is what I'd like from you. Well, I can't do this, but I can do that. And so we work through our expectations till your separate expectations become what? One. A common expectations. So this is a process of communicating. I'm telling you, it is a silent killer. If you've not dealt with, you have already dealt with it, but you need to fix this in your marriage. It is huge. And most people don't even realize it. Now, let's talk about conflict resolution. How do we solve our conflicts? Because inevitably, we're going to get into some conflict, right? So, Conflict resolution, there's three ways to resolve a conflict. This is just in general with anybody you're working with at work, at a job, or anywhere else, but also in your home and in your marriage. So the first uh, consideration for conflict resolution is compromise. What does that mean? Meet in the middle? Give and take. All right. Uh, I'll do this, you do that, you know. Here's a famous one, like where do you want to eat? I want to eat at this place. Well, I don't, want, I don't want to go there tonight. I want to eat at this place. I don't want to go there. All right, well, let's see. We had steak the other night, so let's skip the steakhouse. I'll meet you, you know, at, uh, yeah, at ribs or, uh, I don't know, Culver's, I guess. <laughs> so, right, you got to figure out a compromise, and you work through that. Half hour later, you're both starving. You'll settle for anything. <laughs> All right, so compromise. What kind of car do you want to get? I don't know. Let's look. So, what color are we going to decide to paint a room? Life is full of these decisions and arguments. How are we going to get on the same page? So we have to find compromises. That's one way. What if you can't find a compromise? You can concede. A concession. What do you think this means? Give in. Uh, you concede, you know what, this is not an issue that I need to fight over. Uh, I really don't care tonight where we eat. You pick. I'm cool with it. Right? I can find anything on a menu to eat. So, whatever you want. So, I, I don't have to fight this battle. You can have it. Now, if you do concede, don't do it begrudgingly and say, fine, do whatever you want. You get your way. That's fine. And then if it goes wrong, you go, mm-hmm. No, no, no. If you concede, if you gave in, uh-uh, you don't have a right for anything else. You gave up it. <laughs> all right, last of all, accommodation. What do you think that means? Yeah, right on, Judy. Agree to disagree. All right? So an accommodation means we don't agree on this. We don't have to make a decision on it. Let's just wait. Let's agree to disagree, but let's not be angry at each other. Because what's the Bible say? Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. What does that mean? Settle your issues before the day is done. And one of the ways to settle your issue, it doesn't mean you have to win the fight. What it means is, for tonight, this isn't a deal breaker. Let's agree to disagree. I love you. You love me. We'll figure it out in time. That's right. So compromise, concession, accommodations. These are typical things. Now, all of you can work through this very easily, but let me tell you the key to this. The key to what we need to make it work well. Check out this little chart. Here's 
four key things that you need to pay attention to. Well, two key things you need to pay attention to. On the top and the bottom is your regard for your covenant. That is absolutely essential in how you're going to deal with conflict. If you have a high regard for your marriage, for your covenant, all right, that, that your marriage is unto God. Remember, submit one to the other in reverence to Christ. We studied that last time. So my submission, what, what was the men's act of submission? Husbands, love your wives. How? As Christ loved the church. That's a complete act of submission to death for the sake, in reverence to Christ. You're to love your wife and love your covenant in reverence to Christ. So my love for my wife goes beyond my wife unto an act of worship to God. I'm responsible. You know the highest act of covenant you will ever make is your marriage? That is the highest act. You know on the day of judgment, more people need to be concerned about the condition of their marriage than if they've witnessed enough. Because the command is, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. So you have to have a high regard. And wives, what's your act of submission? Wives, submit to your husband as unto... How come no women know this? No one's saying anything. <laughs> All the women are like, I just gave you mutual submission. Men submit. Wives submit as the church loves Christ, as the church loves Christ. And, and so you have a high regard uh, for your marriage, even beyond your husband's abilities and failures, to have a high regard for keeping your marriage as as one as possible. So if you have a high regard for your covenant, your conflicts, you're going to get through them better. Now, how many of you know you're always going to have conflict? Uh, we're going to because of our gender differences, because of our emotional differences, because of our processing differences, because of our personality differences, and because of our historical differences, we're going to run into conflict. That's okay. But how you get through them is really going to help is if you have a high regard for your covenant. Now, what if you have a low regard for your covenant? Yeah, this thing's going to go through some really tough times. Now, each, here's the second thing to regard in a conflict. Do I need to get my way or I don't mind if you have your way? That's what you've got to make a decision on with these issues. Now, what meets in the middle? Compromise. So, you know, I don't have to get my way. I want to hear what you want. Let's meet in the middle. We have a high regard for our relationship. You know, compromise fits in any kind of a situation. If you can find a compromise, that can work. If you're being honest with each other. There are some people who compromise only because they don't want an argument, but they hold it in, right? That's not being honest. Now, if you have a high regard for your covenant, and you feel you really know this is the best way I really need to, uh, we need to make our way to do this, then it is your effort 
to resolve by informing your mate. You want to resolve this. So what do you do to help them? And you can write this in the line, the line right there, inform. Okay, so uh, I've been, uh, we need to get a new car. I don't know which car to lease. Well, I want this kind of a car. Okay, I know you want that car, but I've, as I've been looking at the different leases, Chevy can give us a car for this much. Buick can give us a car for this much. The corner lot can get us a car for this much. I've done the research. I really need to inform you as to why it should go this way. Right? That's, that's healthy, isn't it? And, and so you talk about it and you inform each other. Now the other person, high regard, they'll go, um, you know what, I, I don't feel I have to get my way and I'll yield. And we talked about that. And it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a true yielding to a better idea. You don't have to fight for it just to get your way. Because you trust, and the person's been honest. See, so yielding or resolving, aren't those, those are good ways to, to fix a problem. All right? Now, if you have a bad relationship, and the person simply always withdraws, where you just go, hey, whatever, do what you want. You always do what you want to do anyway. Is that a good yielding? What are you sensing in that? <laughs> Hostility. Resentment. And uh, it's a passive-aggressive form of manipulation, too. Just get your way. Go ahead and this and that. Now, if you're up against that, you really don't win by going, ha, 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 good, I'll get in my way. Not smart. Because if one wins, what happens? You both lose. That thing's only going to come back, that situation. Okay, so if you don't have a healthy regard for your relationship, then you'll yield just out of whatever and an attitude and this and that. Or you will, if you have a low regard for your relationship, you'll just want to win. Ah, I got my way. <laughs> I'm going out, fourth night in a row, doing what I want to do. You're not going to tell me what to do. Ha, ha, ha. And when you get home, he doesn't work. <laughs> What's going on? Oh, you won. But if one wins, you both lose. This seems very simple, very basic. And actually, guess what? It is. Love is that basic. A high regard for love will yield will surrender, will uh, persuade, right? And that's what we're supposed to do. But when you find yourself fighting, when there's withdrawal, talk to the hand, when there's winning, I beat you, there's a low level of covenant love. And it's time for you guys to sit at the table and start talking about it. When you're finding yourself in battle after battle after battle, you have to recognize we are not acting with a high regard for our covenant and each other. And we have got to start talking about our expectations. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. All right, let me conclude with one last thing here. How many of you are sports people? Any sports people here? All right, how about card games? Who loves card games? 
All right, we got card people here. How about board games? Games, activities, in order for you to have a good game with other people, you have to have what? A set of rules. Why? It would be chaos, wouldn't it? Wouldn't be fair. You got to keep it fair. You got to have rules. So uh, if, if you have rules, what do we do so that nobody cheats? Have a referee. Have a referee. Isn't it interesting that when we play games, when we play sports, when we drive on the road, when we walk across the street, we have rules of engagement for everything. But when it comes to the most important relationship we have on planet Earth, we have never discussed any rules of engagement. What are the rules for your house concerning fighting? What are the rules for your house concerning disagreements? I don't know. Never discussed it. Never talked about it. We've never established them. So let's take a few minutes and give me some ideas for rules of engagement in fighting in your marriage. Because we're going to have conflict. So we won't say fighting. We'll say spats. Disagreeing. Give me a rule. Good one. No name-calling, because what does name-calling do? Yeah, it degrades, right? We're supposed to be building up. So no name-calling. Could you agree to that rule? Now, the best time to set your rules is when you're not in a fight. Right? So beforehand, negotiate some rules. Is this so far-fetched? There's rules for driving, rules at work, rules for game-playing. We have no rules in our house. Many of you want your kids to obey the rules. They have no clue what rules you're talking about. When did you set up rules? Where are the rules? You have to teach them the rules. All right, so no name calling. That's a good one. How about another one? No, oh, good one. Don't raise your voice. It's actually an act of aggression. Check yourself before you speak. When you mean check yourself emotionally or what? What you want to say. That's good. Take turns. And, and don't trample on the person's words because they know you're not listening. You're just ready to fight back. So what would be a good rule with that? Don't, walk, don't just leave the room, but let me know when we can discuss this again. Right? Because you, you just walk away. I don't know. Are you walking away from the marriage? Are you walking away from the house? Are you walking away for an hour? Are you walking away from my life? Two days? How long are you walking away? But So we have to explain to each other. This is overwhelming me. I'm getting really upset. I can't talk right now. Give me 45 minutes to myself, and we'll get back to this. All right, great point. No throwing bombs from the past. We're talking about you making a mess and not cleaning it up, and you bring up what I did 10 years ago. What has that got to do with this? And I thought you forgave me. Are we going to forgive like Jesus forgives? Right? See a forgetfulness? Behind our shoulder blades? East never meets west? 
Not in my house. No, just kidding. Yeah, so a rule of engagement would be, is anybody writing these down? These are good rules. <laughs> you can't bring up the past issues. Stay on topic. All right, how about another one? Here's one none of you picked up on uh, because you all have an expectation to keep it. No hitting. Because that, that's something that you want to make sure never gets crossed again, correct? See, some people have real anger issues, temper issues. Now, again, throwing something against the wall is a threat. Just like shouting is a threat. Also, not talking at all and staying quiet and rejecting is manipulation. These are all manipulations. And so we're talking about establishing rules of engagement for our covenant that we're going to talk through these things. We can get through this because we want to submit to God and we want to act in reverence to God for our marriage. We can do better than this. And we have to learn from each other and how to grow. All right? So law number four is what? If one wins, you both lose. That is key to covenant. If a marriage... Is, is the greatest witness to the covenant relationship of Jesus and His church. It holds a very, very high value to God. If it's that important to God, it's probably the number one thing the enemy wants to attack. He wants to attack. And the number, way, the number one way the enemy attacks is divide to conquer. And, and so we have to pray for our marriages. We have to really work on this and recognize there is an enemy working against our relationship. He's relentless. So let's remember the value of this covenant and let's go through each of the laws one more time. Law number one is two shall become one. Law number two Made to become one. Law number three. Self is the enemy of covenant. Now law number four. If one wins, you both lose. All right? Again, circular protection in all that we're going through in these laws. Let's bow our heads and thank God.